Today on CityCast Chicago, it's the end of the week, and you know what that means. We're bringing in two Chicago voices to look back on the stories that matter most to them. Helping me today is the Invisible Institute's Director of Data, Trina Reynolds-Tyler, and the Director of Public Strategy, Myra Kwaja. It's Friday, July 1st. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. It's been a heavy couple of weeks. And so the question I want to start y'all off with before we jump into the stories is where is a place in Chicago you go for rest, relaxation or meditation? Trina, I'm going to kick it to you first. What's a place in the city I need to go just to get my zen on? Because I'm feeling a little stressed right now. When I grew up, we used to walk across the 51st Street Bridge to the lake to like Rock Beach. We call it Rock Beach. And I feel like it's a really, it's, you could go there and skip rocks. You go there and sit on a big rock and just, and there's a lot of shade. Mm-hmm. I'm right off of 51st in Dorchester, so I'm constantly going over that bridge. And the beaches we've accepted as Chicagoans, like Rock Beach. That's because it ain't nothing but stones, rocks. You know, you got some, some limestone we're trying to preserve. Ain't no sand. I am a pro-rock beach person because more than mm-hmm. sand, because sand gets in your clothes. You can't keep finding it for a long time. Rocks, you could Facts. just like, whatever, you could just walk on up, sit down on a rock, put your feet in, get out and go somewhere like nothing even happened. So um, I think sand is overrated. I'm with you 100%. I, I'll die on that hill. Uh-huh. Myra, what's the spot for you? Well, Trina already knows it's the same spot, but <laughs> I was like, oh, you get, you're giving her the first answer? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess number two for me would be Jackson Park, like, Garden of the Phoenix and the Bobo Link Meadows mm-hmm. um, during the dark, dark days of the pandemic when we were not seeing anybody at all. That's where I would like ride my bike. And it's such a gem in this city and world. And I really love it. I mean, both of y'all took pics that I love because I love going to the sanctuary uh, in South Shore near Jackson Park. I love going over to Rock Beach uh, and just sitting out there uh, and chilling. Uh, so a spot that is, is really not a spot is more of a mural I like to walk by. And uh, it was done by Max Sansing, um, Ramon Static, and it's over off of like 90th and Stony Island. And on both sides of the street, there are like three or four murals between the two of them. And it's, it's right near my mom's house. And, and watching those get added to the neighborhood has brought a lot of color and a lot of vibrancy. And so I love to just stop in front of them and, and take a picture, get a little, you know, a little drone shot or something. A, a good mural will, will always, like, make me feel hopeful. Uh, so I like I like these suggestions we got for folks. Jackson Park, Rock Beach off of 51st, cross that 51st Street Bridge, and check out some some maybe lesser-known murals off of 90th and Stony Island. Uh, we keep it in the South Side uh, real this morning. Myra, I'm going to start with you. What was the story that you were uh, watching this week that you want to make sure the, the people hear about? I know everybody's talking about Roe v. Wade and how the Supreme Court overturned it, which is tragic. Something that came out the night before the Roe v. Wade news is related to our Miranda rights. So the Miranda rule is that officers should read you your rights when you're detained. What the Supreme Court said was that now people cannot sue an officer for not Mirandizing. Pretty much your only way to hold an officer accountable for violating those rights. Right, right. Um, 
But the reason why I wanted to highlight this story is I think there is a um, sometimes a loose understanding of what Miranda rights are. And you and we're talking about right when if a cop comes up to you, the rights remain silent. Yes. Anything you say or do can be used against you in the court. Of yeah. Appeal. So regardless of when a cop says that or if they even say that, you still have that right to remain silent, to ask for a lawyer, to not speak. And you can you can and should still use that and say, I am using my right to make, remain silent, my right to obtain a lawyer before I have any conversation. Um, and so I really wanted to highlight that because I want people to know that, yes, you can no longer sue an officer if they don't comply with this, mm-hmm. but you still have that right to remain silent. And we need people to know that that right did not go away and you still should use that right. Yeah. And it, it's really important for people to just see how far the Supreme Court is going, even though this not only goes back on 60 years of precedent as it relates to the Miranda rights, this was, you know, put into law in the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871, when Congress said that you have the ability to hold you know, police, judges, prosecutors accountable for violating your rights as laid out in the 14th Amendment. And in a city like Chicago, where we have notorious cases of police torture, uh, of police violating citizens' rights, and now a new curfew that gives police even more free range to stop black and brown kids and folks across the city of Chicago for you to know that, hey, yeah, you still got your Miranda rights, but if they're not given to you and, and anything goes wrong, you can't sue. You can't get any type of, you know, financial justice for the, the trauma you've been sued. I, I saw a tweet that, you know, within weeks, overturning Roe v. Wade, gutting Miranda rights, ending regulation on open carry, you know, allowing prayer in schools by employees, ending federal regulation of greenhouse gases. You know, we in the worst possible timeline. That's, that's where I'm going to lead that one. Uh, Trina, I want to bring you in here. What was that top story that you want to talk about today? What a way to segment into this thing. I, I, it ain't no, ain't no easy transitions, but your story also hints at us being in a really precarious situation ongoing. Cook County is back at high level for COVID-19. This, the CDC has said we are past the medium threshold, y'all. It's high in Cook County. And so, like, whenever you're outside in enclosed spaces, you know, there is a possibility that you will catch COVID-19. And, like, I don't want summertime shy 2022 to be the summer where people catch COVID multiple times, thereby increasing their likelihood of face having a disability because of COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, long COVID, we don't even know what's you know, what's going on with long COVID. And we we have to be mindful about how we're spending time with each other. I'm trying to go outside too. Like, I want to be in the world. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to- I've seen you double dutching I'm trying there. to do something, okay? And like, I, I'm craving human connection. But like, I think there is a real, real reason why alerts exist. And like, I know masks are incom- a little bit inconvenient, but like, if you are a person who was masking before, please re- revisit those protocols, revisit those conversations you were having before. If you are a person who like seldom mask, but like be masking sometimes, like if it's around, <laughs> really consider getting a box of masks just for this month and then keeping it on yeah. you because like it's in the air. And then, you know, maybe maybe it'll go to low. Maybe we can hang out in the enclosed spaces and shake booty, but maybe we have to do that with a mask. <laughs> For the, for the next few weeks. And and the Chicago Department of Public Health is, is recommending mask wearing indoors. But of course, they're saying nothing is required just yet. And what really 
has scared me throughout this entire process is while the numbers are, you know, let's say improved, right? We're averaging somewhere around 650 cases versus thousands like it was in January. What really frightens me is that it might just be more related to the lack of testing that's happening because the push we saw during the holiday to get tested, I'm talking Christmas, revealed how many people are actually getting COVID because we were testing for it. But now I am afraid that these numbers don't actually reflect what's going on. And let's be real. Myra, you said something on your last appearance on Ergo that really stuck with me, which is like, You've been thinking about this as a five years, that this is we're going to be in this for like five years. And you've been living with that type of mindset. So as, as Trina said, revisit them protocols. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think with a lot of the denial, it is a type of grief. Like we are societally all going through the stages of grief um, with our life changing so dramatically. And we're all at different levels of it. Grief does wild things to people and how they respond to things. So I very much understand why people do not want to talk about when this will actually be over. They just want to pretend like it's over the second we get the vaccine. But if you look at the long history of um, of plagues, pandemics, like five years is, you know, and also a good reminder that we are past the two year mark. So we're like, we're getting there. You got to think about these things as a marathon, recognize facts for what they are and be able to, because then that allows you to really make real plans and talk about like, okay, how can we still have a great time hosting events outside, like dancing with masks on and also doing risk management so that you know, okay, my brother's wedding is this weekend. Like I recently had to do this and I had to decide to not go to the Saba concert. And I was so sad about that, but I was really grateful that I didn't get COVID so that I could be at my brother's wedding. And I don't think it'll be like that forever, truly. We missed you at the concert, uh, Najee. We I missed you. Was, we had a good time. It was incredible. We missed you. I know. It was I'll incredible. be there next time. I'll be there next time. Incredible. Oh, my goodness. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Trina, I want to come back to you. Every week, we want to make sure that we're shining light on stories that don't get as much attention, that aren't on the front page of the news. What's that story for you this week? So Southside Weekly published a piece about how Southside parents are struggling to get their kids enrolled in part district programs. As an Mm -hmm. auntie who, you know, as an auntie of a CPS student, like figuring out her summer plans was really, and we have a tribe, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what are we going to do? You know, we want to make sure that we encourage her learning, encourage her development, and also, like, we have things to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so mm-hmm. then how do you balance? What do you do with your children? And, and, like, when I think about my summers back in the day, I remember going to Washington Park pool and getting on a slide and getting dunked in the water and feeling just, <laughs> oh, like, oh, let's go. And literally <laughs> all the pools are closed. Like, what are we, you know what I mean, because of this lifeguard shortage? I talked with with uh, Dilla earlier this week. He was trying to sign up, you know, to go to the pool at Foster Park recently and uh, was told that the pool wasn't going to open it. The city says that about half of them will, but it, I, I'm concerned with what the scheduling will look like, what the messaging will look like. And, and as you talk about these parents, 
you know, they, the article also mentions the, the language barrier, trying to sign up in person. And if you're not English speaking, how difficult they make it for you. And then they'll tell you to sign up online, treating Internet access as if it's some monolith and everybody has the same uh, availability. I mean, every summer we hear how difficult it is to get kids into these limited spots at a local park district. But it, in the same vein, as you mentioned with the pools, the city knows this already. And yet the plan to address it, it always feels like they're like, oh, my God, I'm so overwhelmed. I didn't see this coming. And if you're not going to do it right, like then let young people lead, like put young people in positions to create this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. don't do don't treat it like this is some bureaucratic like, oh, like, you know, just like open up the open up the doors. Mm-hmm. I'm going to drop an article for people that The Trace did this week where they sat down with, I think, three young people from across the city of Chicago and asked them how they feel. What what do they want to see happen? How do they want to be brought to the table? Many of them said, similar to what you said, Trina, the sentiment that they feel disrespected, they feel outcast, they don't feel listened to, uh, and they feel like their ideas are not treated with the same level uh, of you know, uh, diligence or, or giving the same amount of thought. All right, Myra, your underhype story is looking at the South Shore CBA. Yes, yes, yes. And I mean, it's a good segue from the park story because I do think we talk a lot about, like we, we as we're talking about how we need the parks, they are such a public asset and resource. And it seems like private developers um, are seizing our public resource. We, we're seeing this right now at the Obama Center. Um, and sure, the Obama Center, I hope, will have community programming, right? Um, but if you look at the housing prices in Woodlawn and South Shore um, and even Hyde Park, they are skyrocketing. Like, it, you, don't, you don't even have to do, like, difficult, challenging studies on it. You can just go on Redfin or Zillow and they'll tell you, like, this South Shore property or this Woodlawn property that was uh, sold, like, you know, six years ago for like $200,000 is now going for upwards of $600,000. And I will say that there's definitely been some some decent coverage of uh, the campaign and the fight for um, an affordable housing or housing protections package in South Shore locally. But I think nationally, it is such a different narrative, as always with Chicago, it is such a different narrative about the Obama Center um, and such a different narrative about how the South Side is being impacted. And I really think that it is an under-told story about the outward migration and the push-out of people who have been on the South Side for a long, long time. And so we need need housing protections in that area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, shout out to Dixon Romeo who came on and informed us about all the work that's going on and how much more people want done uh, in Woodlawn as well to protect as the Obama Center development comes along. Every single week, we, in addition to those top stories, those underhyped stories, we want to make sure people get some good news to get them through the weekend. Uh, and so I want to tap in with y'all to see what is that good news you want to share with the people and brighten up day day. Trina, what's that good news <laughs> for the folks? Pew, pew, pew. My, good, <laughs> my good news is that um, Richard Urban didn't win the Republican primaries. Um <laughs> This is a black, black man, like Illinois, like mayor of a, you know, of a small town. And he's actually, you know, people was asking me about him. Aurora got a couple people. They small town now. They got, they got a couple people who live there. A few people. You live. know, it, it, there are people. 
Um, but I figure I was like, I was like, if this man becomes the face of like black, new black conservative Chicago, you know what I mean? Like, oh, look, like, you know, glory be to the good news that we don't have to we don't have to <laughs> have even more conversation with our people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, to get 50 million dollars from Ken, I'm taking my ball to Miami uh, Griffin and to lose for as much influence as money have over politics. Apparently right now it's. It, it's actually more ideology and, and less the money. It's more like how, you know, far to the right can you go that's winning over, which we should all be frightened by. Uh, but, yes, I'm not going to lie. I, w- I was all about watching Buddy lose. Uh, and, and I'm going to be happy to watch Darren Bailey lose uh, in November. I mean, one of the reasons I don't I don't really care for Richard Irvin is I, I don't like his policies. I think it's tough on crime rhetoric for not only Aurora, but Chicago is antiquated. Uh, it, it doesn't it's not really solution based. I think it's fear mongering. Uh, and when it comes to Darren Bailey, you know, calling Chicago a hellhole is just like a tip of the iceberg for me. Myra, what's your some good news? Oh, yes. I love some organizing good news to remind people that organizing mm-hmm. works. And so the good news is that the city City of Chicago rejected the $500 million bid by Matt Asphalt. That's, you can Google it, M-A-T Asphalt, who had a bid for McKinley Park. And so the, the main organizing group was Neighbors for Environmental Justice. And so this was also an environmental pollution uh, case where they were like, no, we cannot pollute McKinley Park more. This will be devastating for the residents and their health, especially that while we face a respiratory pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um and they won. They got the city to reject the bid, which is huge. That's like back to back, General Iron, Matt Asphalt. So like, I love watching this climate justice, these climate justice wins that are very racially, racially conscious, right? Um, so that was, that was really inspiring to, to learn about. And Matt Asphalt put in a bid to to supply the city crews with materials for repaving streets, alleys, potholes. We actually talked to Anthony Moser, who's a board member of Neighbors for Environmental Justice. And he's behind the Better Data Portal, which revealed a bunch of citations against Matt Asphalt. It's one of the the reasons that people were able to to really realize what they were up to. My some good news, as it tends to be sometimes, is for the Chicago sky and particularly the captain, Candace Park. Parker, right? She was named an all-star starter a couple of weeks ago. She'll be joined on the team by her teammates, uh, Kalia Kappa, Emma Messerman, and Courtney Vandersloot. But it's like every single day, Candace Parker is breaking another record. And before this season, she said she might retire, but I'm, I'm going to be real with you. The way she balling right now, she just put up, what, 25 and 11 yesterday. They tied for the best record in the WNBA. Everybody can catch uh, the Chicago Sky playing tomorrow at noon on ESPN. It's another rematch uh, of last year's finals uh, against the, the Phoenix Mercury, uh, which, of course, I got to say, uh, Please bring Brittany Griner home Brittany uh, and, and let us put more and more attention on that. Uh, so shout out to Candace Parker. Shout out to the Chicago Sky for being number one in the WNBA and number one in our hearts. I want to thank uh, my guests today, Myra Quadra and Trina Reynolds-Tyler from the Invisible Institute. I appreciate y'all making time for thank me. Thank you for having thank us. It was such a joy. Such a joy. Of course. Peace. Before I let you go, I got to give a huge thank you to the people who make CityCast Chicago possible. That's lead producer Carrie Shepard, producer Simone Alisea, newsletter writer Sydney Madden, our roving producer Meg Dalton, and of course, the people who make the music. That's Sam Thousand, all the kimonos, and Mark Greenberg of the Mayfair Workshop. 
If this is your first episode of CityCast Chicago, reach out to us at 773-780-0246. Leave your name, your neighborhood, and what's one thing about Chicago you want to learn. We're taking Monday off, but we'll still be in your feed with a special episode. As always, I appreciate you for listening. Talk to you Tuesday. Peace. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom